Welcome to 52 Weeks in the Word. I'm your host, Trillia Nubo, and I'm so glad to have with me Bible teacher Elizabeth Woodson. If you have been listening throughout this year, you've maybe heard Elizabeth a few times, and you'll know that we've been giving her softballs. (laughs) And by softballs, I mean not softballs. (laughs) She is tackling really great and hard topics. And today we're giving her Jeremiah. Jeremiah is so interesting and complex and let's be honest, it's long. So here's my question for you, Elizabeth. Um, It's actually three questions in one. How would you encourage the reader to keep going? Why should they? And what should we learn through and about Jeremiah? Thank you again for giving me the softballs, Australia. It's always, always a joy. <laughs> so Jeremiah, Jeremiah uh, is a priest, prophet, uh, and he is assigned to Judah. And when I think about the prophets of the Old Testament, and this is to help people keep going, this is a little uh, tool context for people, is think of them as covenant enforcers. Right. So uh, covenant is an agreement that Israel has made with God, binding promises where they've agreed to live a certain way. They've agreed to worship God. They've agreed to be his people. And if they obey, good things happen. If they disobey, bad things happen. Um, And it's judgment. Judgment is always a means to God's redemption uh, to bring us back to where we ought to be. So his grace is in judgment. Um, But what we see is Jeremiah telling people, remember who you said you were supposed to be? You're not doing that. And that might seem really oversimplified because you will read through Jeremiah and you're reading through all these uh, messages that he's giving and it's the the imagery or the language might seem complicated. And in my own personal journey, one thing that has helped me keep going is to remember that all of this, all of what he's saying is meant to point Israel back to who they were called to be as people who are God's covenant people. Um, And so as you're reading through, take note of what Jeremiah is saying about Judah. Uh, Take note of what he's saying about these people and how they are or are not living up to the covenant. And so uh, one of these um, is in Jeremiah 2, 13. For my people have committed a double evil. They have abandoned me in the fountain of living water and dug cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that cannot hold water. And so we see this, you're worshiping, other gods, lowercase g, who who are pale in comparison to the real God. And so when you see things like that, take note of what he is calling them out for. And really, are they worshiping God? Are they living for God? Or are they doing something else? And you can see that through the text uh, as Jeremiah is talking to Judah. You know, it's interesting because I think a lot of people often, <laughs> when we read the scriptures, we see people who are d- disobeying or people who rejected the Lord or people who are worshiping idols. And we think, ah, those guys, <laughs> we don't put ourselves in. So how, how would you encourage, you know, you know, you're like Peter denying Christ. We would never do that. So how do you put, how do you read this and and kind of dissect your own heart? Or would you say not to do that? I think as you read, as we read through the Old Testament and all of Scripture, uh, one thing that we will see, we will see God's faithfulness, we will see God's love, we will see, don't let it be lost on you, the length of time that God uh, pursues Israel. Like, you see God's grace and his mercy, but we also see the human inclination to just sin. Um, and what is true of Israel and Judah 
is also true of us outside of Christ. And so that we would see them as an example, that we would see them as a warning, that we would see them um, as evidence of God's love for his people. And many times his love comes through judgment uh, because he loves you. uh, He loves you too much to let sin win. And the same way that parents do for their kids, I'm sure Trillia, you don't let your kids just out in the street doing whatever they want to. (laughs) Then he doesn't let us do that. Uh, And so, so, but what we read is, Sin has consequences. And when image bearers, that's you and I, do not do what we were designed to do, other image bearers get hurt. And we see that over and over and over again. But we also see one of the familiar passages to people in Jeremiah might be Jeremiah 29, 11. And God gives, that, God gives them a message of hope in the midst of exile. Exile was a hard, hard season. And so in the midst of suffering, God's still with his people. And so we can see some of what it means for us to be in relationship with God and the ebbs and flows of obedience and disobedience. God is going to pull us back home. But in the midst of what might be hard, God still loves us and there's always hope. Amen. All right. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Jeremiah 29, 11, because it's one of those interesting, um, it's, you know, on a T-shirt And I'd love for us to unpack it a little bit because we can misapply and yet there are some really good hopeful applications. So for those who don't know, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. I've seen it abused in a kind of prosperity gospel-y way um, that the Lord is going to give us all things um, not related to our spiritual lives, but um, financial and health and wealth. So let us put this in the right context. Will you help us? Yeah. Um, As you are, as we are reading scripture, what we need to know is we are reading words that were written for us, but not to us. That Jeremiah's words are beneficial for us. The Holy Spirit divinely ordained them for us. But Jeremiah was not talking to us. He was talking to Israel. And so the interpretation that we pull out of the text cannot mean something different for us than it means for them. So we have to start with them um, first. And so to understand their situation, Israel has been disobedient for a really, really long time. And so God allows Babylon to attack them and take them away into captivity. That was really horrific and traumatic. Um, People died. The temple was destroyed. Like their homeland that they loved was gone. So they're in Babylon. They're in a place they don't want to be. And they have people around them, people who claim to be prophets, but are not. And they're telling them, hey, you're going to go home. And Jeremiah tells them, and Jeremiah 29, before we get to the, to the good part that we all love, he says, you're not going home. <laughs> you're not going home for a long time. But in the midst of it, I need you to be faithful to show up. And I need you to plant, talk about planting gardens and marrying off your kids and building houses and really being faithful to honor God in this place of Babylon because your mission of what it means to be God's people hasn't changed. And after that, this is what he says about, for I know the plans I have for you. And what are those plans ultimately that God's promise to save is still going to happen? And so they are suffering with loss and grief. They are not living in prosperity. And so that we wouldn't think that that necessarily is what this means, but that God is faithful to save his people 
because they wanted to go home. They wanted to go back to Jerusalem. And that's what Jeremiah was talking to them about. And so knowing what it meant to the original audience helps us not take these verses that sound really great, take them out of context and have them mean something they don't mean. So what is it that we can take from this? I I have, um, it, I've already been filled with a lot of hope listening to you, but what, what might someone who's read this a hundred times, what can they take? Uh, I think what you can take is no matter how bad it gets, God is always with you and his plan is for your good. Uh, and in the hard moments, it can be easy to think God's forgotten me. God's going to leave me here. He's not coming for me. He's not going to answer my prayers. He can't bless me. And what Jeremiah tells them is the opposite. God sees you. God is with you. God is coming to deliver you. And as you wait, be faithful, because that's also something we forget that we're in a season of hardship and we just we just kind of sit on the couch and that life passes by. And it's like, as long as there is a breath in your body, there's life for you to live. And we do that because of hope and our hope ultimately comes through Christ. Amen. Well, let me pray for those who are struggling and maybe maybe you're feeling hopeless. Lord, thank you, God, that hope will not put us to shame. God, thank you that you are for us and with us and that you will be with us um, forever, that nothing can separ- separate us from the love um, of God through our Savior. So God, thank you for that. God, I pray for the person who is hopeless. God, I pray that you would um, draw near to their broken heart, that you would comfort, God, that you would bring ease, God, and peace. Lord, that they would cling to you, Lord, the author of their faith. God, you're, you're the only firm foundation, and I pray that there would not be any other thing that they run to. God, give them hope in the midst of confusion. God, it is a gift. I pray you would give them this a gift of faith to believe that you are who you say you are and that your word is true. Lord, we love you. God, we worship you. God, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jeremiah and for the gift of um, getting to read your word. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Elizabeth, thank you. 